0: Hello, I'm Max, the host of the Listening Football Podcast. Thank you very much for checking out today's show. I'm joined by Luke and Beef, where we are going to be discussing Chris Hughton and his exit from Brighton and Hove Albion. Did you see it coming? Was it a surprise? It was a
1: surprise, to be honest, because from the outside, it kind of looks like you look at Brighton, you think it's not a great squad. Um, uh, they probably should be in the mix for relegation. Um uh, and then when they sacked him, I was initially surprised to be honest. But you look a bit deeper, and like, I don't I don't want to dig the bloke out, but it's it's probably fair. You can, three you can, three wins in twenty three. Yeah, it's like I think that's 10, poor, 10 points poor. out
0: of the last nineteen games. So I think only Huddersfield have done worse than that. If, that if Huddersfield have done worse, only Huddersfield have done worse than that. Then that that's saying something. And no disrespect to Huddersfield, but. Actually, yeah. Full disrespect to Huddersfield because they were <laughs> they were shocking. That like that, that is like a shocking display of football. And might not all be clicking throughout, but they've got some good players and or de- good players. Yeah, I'd I, say I good think, players. Like, in There
2: you can dig Huddersfield out, but I don't think their squad's anywhere near the level of Brighton. I think Brighton have got a really good team. Yeah. I, well, not a really really. You look at some of the players they've got. Most of them, the probably the first eleven, most of those are experienced Europa League level players. Yeah. Like Davy Proper, he's played Europa League football. I think for PSV. Um, Basuma's come in. He's looked good in parts. Um, Pascal Gross. Pascal Gross. They were talking about him going to a Tottenham or someone like that. Like they've they've got a really good side. They have got two two of the best, most underrated defenders. I think in the Premier League, probably the one of the strongest partnerships, defensive I partnerships.
0: Say. I think as well, when we talk about clubs like Brighton and defensive partnerships like Duncan Duff, it's okay to say really good and good because we're not exactly talking about your cities, Liverpool's, United's, Arsenal's, we're not talking about that, we're talking about lower or lower to bottom half, mid to bottom half teams and in, in retrospect, the squad that they have is decent, you know, it should be, it should be surviving the Premier League.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it should be pushing, maybe not with the likes of Everton, but it should be safe mid-table, I think, with that squad. Maybe there's... The amount of money they've spent as well. They're, they've spent a lot of money.
0: Yeah. Last
2: season, they spent over £60 million.
0: And that's a lot for a club that hadn't come up from the Championship. They they stayed in the Premier League, didn't they? So it wasn't if they're going to get a load of money from being promoted. I don't know how much money you get for surviving.
2: Um, I think 200 million TV rights every club gets.
0: I think right. the, the, the sticking point is when... When you're
1: like the the Brighton boards and you're paying the money they have over the last two years, I think, um, they like they spent about seventy seven million last summer and sold twelve million and the before like they bought like fifty five ish million. I think when you're spending out that much and um and are making like no profit at all in transfers, you expect to see improvement? Yeah, for these, sure. These aren't bad players the main either. Thing. These these no. are decent players. So you you have to point the finger at the recruitment, or you have to point the finger at the coaching, because I think they the the Brighton board are well within well their rights to say we've we've given you this much much money for players, and we have seen no improvement from
0: last season. If anything, they've they've uh, probably shown less. So was the dismissal of Chris Hughton justifiable?
1: Yeah, I mean th- th- there'll be the the usual outrage because he'll be seen as a good manager which he is and and obviously he's a really nice bloke as well like which doesn't really help things from like a media perspective um, uh, people see him as like uh, someone that's taken brighton up done an amazing job at Brighton but it gets to a point where maybe you can't take them any further and the club's got to think ambitiously so you, you can see their thinking but like people miss him the sentimentality will be there people will kind of have reservations was a lot of clubs um, are rightly do try and go to the next best thing and make the wrong choice and end up, like, kind of going straight back down. So there is a... There should be some trepidation
0: about it. In terms of um, leaving, I think that... Uh, or, or dismissing him. I think Brighton done a very, I'd say, classy statement. It was very honest. It was, it was very simple and very honest. You get a lot of clubs that beat around the bush, but with their one, it was very much... The results, it's a results game. The results aren't acceptable. We appreciate everything you've done, but it's time to move on. There's always uh, a place here for him. Do you think that's left the door open if they were to struggle with the next manager and they need someone to come in? Is is he the right manager to come back in, for example, and lift the squad? Or is it down to his coaching mentality or coaching style? Is that going to dig him out of troubled water? I just find it interesting how they said the door's always open to him and mm. him and the him and the staff think, there, so like, not leaving it on bad blood. It's very different to most. I think
2: what they got to look at is is you can't deny he's done a fantastic job. When he took over, they were borderline getting relegated from the championship.
0: Four and a half year spell yeah. there.
2: Four and a half year spell. The the fans love him, but I think the clubs maybe a little bit too ambitious for Chris. I think you can't deny he's come in. He, he's done a fantastic job. He's got him into the Premier League. He's he's broke that. Uh, mentality, but they're they're. you look at some of the football that they were playing this season, it was we'll just put 10 men behind the ball and we'll try and counter attack with Glenn Murray. It's not good enough. Is that, squad his, is that got, his
0: style? Is that his managerial I mean, style?
2: F- for the squad they've got, it's not good enough. No. Honestly, like some of those players are, are really like Pascal Gross, Davey Proper, those players want to be on the ball, they want to be driving forward, they're, and they've got. They've got the, the budget to improve further as well. I think from what the board's looking at, it's like we're trying to move Brighton to the next step. But the harmony between the manager and the, the way the team wants to be playing and the way they are playing isn't isn't good enough. So I think that's why... I think Chris will understand it as well. Chris knows that perhaps maybe he, he can't take them any further. Someone's going to come in. Maybe someone's going to come in and fail, get relegated, but... That's, they're, they're at that sort of point where they, they need to take the next risk because they can't keep playing incredibly defensively.
0: What do you think he would have done if he had another season there, if he had a full pre-season and know that he's going into his last season, what, what could he have done differently? What could he do or what could he have done for the start of next season preparation-wise? Still rely on someone like Glenn Murray to score, you, score your goals? I don't
1: he's think he's scoring it. goals but he's getting on a bit goals has been a problem for Brighton to be honest yeah, because yeah. you take away Glenn Murray they don't really have a source of goals I think uh, is Kiedo chipped in with a few Pascal Gross chipped in with a few but like when when you don't have uh, one great goal scorer um, uh, then it does put a bit of pressure on the entire team to to muck in and uh, over the course of the season, it's just it's kind of progressively gotten worse, and and as they've been dragged into the relegation fight, um, it, you can see like they drop deeper and deeper, and you can kind of like you can feel the nerves around uh, around the Amex.
0: They're a tenth at one point, weren't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, like th- there was a point where like sometimes you can watch Brighton and and they play good football, um, but it's you know it's fleeting and. As, as soon as they they uh, feel like they're under the course, they drop deeper. And you can see that in Duncan Duffy, who seems like they'd rather defend their own six-yard box than, than try and like come out to intercept a ball to get Brighton back on the attack. And I think that's, that's a team thing. And I think you, you've got to kind of blame that on Chris, to be honest, because at the end of the day, he's in charge of the mentality of the team. And uh, the way football's going now is that if you put Tim in behind a ball, then you're going to get hurt because teams are too good to... To make that gamble, you've got to, you've got to try and destabilize them on the other side of the pitch as
2: well. One of the major, the major um, points for I think for the sacking has got to be the, the result against Cardiff. That was abysmal. I don't know if you watched that game. Brighton, Brighton playing incredibly defensive against a Cardiff side who really had nothing to lose. What result was that? Nil nil. Cardiff won. Did was it?
1: Yeah, Cardiff kind of won. I'm trying to score. I think it was like a two-nil or something like oh, that. Oh, really?
2: Yeah, and that's what brought Brighton right back down. So, Br- Brighton in was January, this around Christmas time? It was, no, it was, it was a few months ago. Oh, really? Brighton. We we looked at the table and we were saying all season Brighton had been great in the first half of the season. No, to me, Brighton was safe. I I know it.
0: Yeah, never Christmas thought, time. They yeah, they were they were like, yeah.
2: I, on a few podcasts. I, I was saying like how good I think I think credit's got to go to Chris and the team. They were playing some really good stuff. Definitely. But I don't know what happened. They just kind of. Well, let's try took and let's try and find pedal. out.
0: Well, yeah, would that would that be it? Trying trying to find a a rhythm, not quite quite being able to maintain that rhythm. Uh, maybe a poor result against one or two clubs, and all of a sudden they start panicking, or Chris starts panicking and thinks, "Oh, safety, got to have safety, got to have safety." And then yeah. to go goes I mean, that. Yeah, ultra. that's where
2: the mentality's gone wrong. I think, like like I say a minute ago, about the harmony between the the the, the way they play and the squad they've got. And the, and the players they're bringing in. I don't think... I'm not like saying Chris, Chris Hewitt isn't a bad manager, is it? Is, in fact, he's a brilliant manager, I think. For a, a club that wants to survive in the Premier League, I'd say look no further than Chris Hewitt. Go out and get a Chris Ewan. But for a club that, um, ambitious-wise, wants to sort of take it to the next level, you look at Bournemouth. Bournemouth and their manager is a, a really harmony. That they bring in the right players to fit into the system. Whereas you compare Bournemouth to Brighton... Brighton are bringing these players in that sort of Europa League level, like you, you can batch, really good player. Like, um, played for, I think it was at Alkmaar. Is it, is it Alkmaar? A few seasons ago. Mm. He he looked really good. U- Europa League level player. Um, Jürgen Lokadia, PSV, really well-educated striker. Has come in and he, he's... he's They're not nobodies,
0: is what you're saying. Yeah, then. I They're mean, not these pl- players yeah.
2: aren't bad players these players uh, have probably played over all of these players that we, we mentioned probably played over 50 or 60 games in in Europe
0: are they, uh, were they are these players at an age where they still need guidance or should they be kind of well they they've looked
1: a lot to other leagues would probably be the thing i say because they right. signed um canbash uh, came from uh, the ever uh, from the dutch league and uh, they signed bernardo from leipzig and basuma came from the french league so, it's not bad recruitment. No, though. no. I mean, like, the, the, I mean, quality I mean, these are potentially quality players. There's the, the, the thing, like, what I'll say about them is a lot of these players are expansive players. And they don't play an expansive style. Because I'd say when I look at, looking at the offensive player they have, when I look at Izquierdo, Pascal Gross, Yakan Bash, players like that, the, these, like, attacking players. Martin uh, but,
2: Montoya. Martin Montoya yeah. came through Barcelona's academy and played over 70, 80 games for Barcelona.
1: Anthony mm. Knockart again, and he played another. Valencia as well.
0: Yeah, Montoya. yeah. Um, also another uh, Valencia player, Bruno.
2: Yeah. Oh, what a legend! Been such a good servant yeah. to to Brighton.
0: So, he, so he's he's one of those players as well, where like Duncan Duff, uh, Duffy, players should be looking to them on the pitch and seeing them wanting to to thrive and and drive forward in that game. Yes, it, they might not. Want to take the risk, but sometimes it's necessary. Rather than just sit back and put ten men behind the ball, yeah. if that's the way Chris Ewan wants to play, then, was, then fine. But
1: we we saw it in the game against Spurs, the one they were the, w- the one 0 and and on it the surface, them, it? It I think it it, yeah, them. on on the surface it looks it looks like a, a great performance, and in many ways it was a great performance. But you have to understand that a lot of this time, um, uh, they were defending your own six yard box. Like I, I remember seeing Duffy clear the ball off the line and Dunk would like block a shot in front of the goalkeeper, that, like that. Like, you shouldn't... I mean, it, it got to a point where it got to the end, and they weren't even pressing Spurs. And admittedly, it took a great Eriksen strike to put them 1-0 one, one and kill the game. But at the same time,
0: when... Well, ironically, when though, the, ball, the, the, the strike from Eriksen, the plays were in the way, but not, not blocking mm. or anything like that. They, they were just in the way, and that's yeah. when the goal came from. Well, it was because
1: he had the space to shoot. And the problem is when Brighton got the ball, they didn't do anything with it. Like, this this is this is like Don't Monday football. You've you've got to yeah. when you get the ball, you got to try and keep ball. Like, you like look at when Southampton beat Spurs because in the second half they switched formation and completely dominated the entire second half and and they took the game to Spurs. And I think um, a lot of teams like you can look at Wolves' performances against the the top six this season, especially um, at at Molyneux, is that they took the game. To these teams, they adapted. Yeah, they adapted, and um, it's not good enough to to try and stay tight and drop deep and try and crowd the spaces and just hope just hope they don't find a way through and maybe get a bit of luck. You have to at the same time force them into their own half at times, so and that doesn't mean you have to have sixty minute position against Spurs because it's not going to happen. But you have to when you have the ball, you have to try and make a count. Definitely, but it's
2: interesting that Luke mentioned Southampton because I think that's a great example. You look at them under Mark Hughes; they were they were awful. They were they were defending. You look at Ralph Hassannouel comes in, and he he's brought in a new mentality, and the players look sort of galvanised. Where's Shane Long? He's, he started scoring goals again. Yeah. Like you give these players like the freedom and the the attacking. Like he's playing Jan Valery at right back. This this unknown player. He, I
0: really like him. Yeah, I really I mean, like he he him. He's really good. Yeah.
2: And Hassan-Hood was going to say, "Go out and play some football." Go out and don't yeah. worry about defending. Go out, press, press, win the ball back. Go out and enjoy your football. They look like they're enjoying their football again, which they weren't doing under Mark Hughes. They weren't doing... Who, who was the last manager? Was it... Um,
1: oh, um... Uh, the Pellegrini. Yeah, Pellegrini. They weren't doing
2: it under Pellegrini. pule was, was a bit... I don't think they enjoyed the time under pule They, they have really enjoyed their time since probably kuman has been there.
0: I, I think... Um, or Pochettino. Pochettino was before Coo. Yeah, I think alarm bells started ringing for me, and it's not too long ago. It's early April. That five nil defeat to Bournemouth when they had that red card as well. Yeah, I thought they were gone. That that was at home as well. That yeah, I I thought they they were gone because there was there was question marks going over them going into that match, but and I don't think Bournemouth were on much of an impressive run. I think actually they dipped in form as well. And, well, Bournemouth are a team that are pretty notorious for having. Fairly poor away them as well. Yeah.
2: yeah but yeah, again, you compare the the Bournemouth to 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 Brighton and Bournemouth, are, a team that will go out and play football. They've got the squad. Brighton squad isn't too different to Bournemouth squad. I'm not gonna lie. There's. If oh, I, I would it, I would
0: say possibly possibly better in some aspects.
2: In some aspects, yeah, for sure.
0: They've got a better. Um, I think they've got um more. i have got they've got a better defence in terms of longevity there. You look at the players, the the Bournemouth bat line. Uh, Gosling.
2: Uh, You've got Ryan Fraser. Ryan Fraser. Who's played centre-back. Steve Cook, yeah. Nathan Ake. and um, Charlie Daniels is probably Daniels, his way out. It. But they've been playing the, the Spanish guy. I can't remember his name. Luke. Francis. Um, uh, this is a Spanish guy. Oh, the left-back. Rico? Uh, yeah, Sergio Rico. Sergio Rico. So,
0: other than Ake and potentially Sergio Rico... Those players technically haven't got long left in them. Duncan Duffy still have. Um, Montoya, Montoya, he's got he's got some time left in him. Bernardo looks a real talent on Th- the left wing. There left we go. So, mm. so you, you've almost got to put that trust in the players to to go out and perform like they are the best four defenders you've got. And if that means risking it and and like we said earlier, pressing, yeah, pressing in that Tottenham game possibly could have got them a draw I've and and meant. Such a big thing, not just to Brian, but for the whole Premier League as well. Yeah, I think when a manager, and I'm I'm not digging it
1: out because I think in some cases like it's fair enough to do it, but I think when uh, when a manager puts you in the dressing room and says well, we're going to put ten men behind the ball, and when we get the ball, there's not really going to be a plan. We'll just see, like, try and counter if we can. Then I think that sends a message to the players saying that their manager doesn't think we're going to win this game, or doesn't think we can win this game. So, like, I think to play for a draw is very dangerous, and you almost kind of tempt fate. In in the sense of the words, um, uh, you know, is it, ambition comes into it like uh, you can't not appreciate the strength of giving the belief to your players. And if you say to them, "We're going to try and fight for a draw," then I just don't
0: think it sends a good message. Is there such thing as a uh, a good manager playing for a draw? Can you think of an example of that? Could you bring Mourinho into this? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Mourinho um, it depends
2: on the situation, it is, yeah. doesn't it? It's really situational
0: it does but I think
1: like with with, uh, with Chris Hewitt it became a constant and I think that was the mentality
0: against Cardiff as well so for example playing for a draw against a team like Spurs playing for a draw against a team like Cardiff yeah well I think like it's the same thing really yeah isn't it, yeah I think
1: the problem is Cardiff aren't as good a team as Brighton and Brighton would have known that if Cardiff don't win today then, then we're safe because it was only that loss that brought Cardiff back into it really that they um, didn't set up any differently no but, like, I, I think that when you're playing that kind of team, you've got to... You can't say, like, we're going to try and get a draw and kill their, their, like, challenge of staying up that way. You've got to almost not give them the opportunity and take the game to them. But they didn't. And, you know, it's, it's like karma almost hits, isn't it? Because yeah. if if you play for a draw and without any real intention of trying to win the game then and then
0: you lose, can you really... Blame anyone, and the strange thing is, it's not as if they've been relegated. No, do you know what I mean? They're they're safe in the Premier League, and Brighton still decide to to relieve him of his managerial duties. Fair, fair play, I think. Yeah, well, if, fair.
1: you think of it this way that like I think Cardiff finished two points below them. If Cardiff had uh, won that game against Chelsea, which oh, uh, where the decisions yeah. kind of massively went against them, especially in the last ten minutes. Yeah, um, uh, I think like what they're one 0 up, and then um. Uh, the first goal shouldn't have counted. I think it was an offside. Yep. And then they should have had a penalty that wasn't given to them. It's, and yep, then well. and then Chelsea scored the winner, which shouldn't have been, been there. But, like you know, it's like, I mean... It's all what ifs, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah,
0: yeah. it's all what ifs, but like... You it, shouldn't it go into a football match different. with Ryan yeah. on a what if. Um, so there's a vacant position. It's in some names banded about here and there. We had a brief uh, chat about it last night. Um, I like the idea of a manager such as Graham Potter coming in um, and doing something there. I like we done at Ostrasons, uh, Not that I follow them at all, but when he got that um, Europa League coverage mm, last season, yeah, it kind of highlighted and showed exactly what he's done there. A very unknown manager, play, like we said, playing football, getting them to go out there and enjoy themselves. And I think he's done a brilliant job at Swansea. Yeah. First well, season in the, one of the toughest leagues in the world, finished 10th. Considering the amount of players they've lost. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like,
2: it, I, we, we got close uh, friends that... that, that, that big Swansea fans and it would be interesting to get their point of view on, this, on the on Grand Potter right. situation. Yeah,
1: definitely. I'd love to know. I mean, a, g- a great example for what we've been saying is like Swansea's performance against Man City in the FA Cup was phenomenal for a team like Swansea and some of the goals they scored were fantastic goals because instead of getting the ball in defence and hoofing up the pitch, they got bodies into attack and actually played the ball around and, and for, for one of their goals they almost like out Man city Man City and if it not for a pretty inspired comeback that I think uh, ended with like an offside goal for Man City 92nd minute goal yeah. I think yeah, then, yeah. then uh, if there was VAR there then they're going extra time and I think
0: that's that's credit to Swansea to be honest so he he's a manager that would excite me if he ever came to the Premier League any other examples or suggestions who you think that should take over it's a shame Brighton that Wagner
2: role? went to Schalke isn't it I think that that, that well,
0: it's, a, it's a shame for us not for, not for him yeah what I, a, like, what yeah, a for sure, job for him for sure yeah. but
2: for the for the Premier League for Brighton, if they could have got David Wagner, that'd be a great move. I think they they suit a German
1: manager. I mean, yeah, yeah I think they they suit um, uh, the 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 kind of stereotypical current way German are playing. Like the it's a trend, the, the isn't press, it? Yeah, it, it is a trend. But it's like the the pressing positional play football.
2: That that's what's that's how football's played now. Yeah, I mean, everyone. Yeah, doing
1: it. yeah. I mean, like you see the like you mentioned Ralph Hasenhüttl earlier, the effect he's had on Southampton. I think like. Good option could be because um, Julian Nagelsmann is going from Hoffenheim to um, Red Bull Leipzig. I was literally about to like, say yeah. his name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Ralph Ragnick is uh, the current manager of Red Bull Leipzig, so he was the director of football there. So it's kind of unclear to see if he'll go back upstairs or if he could be almost tempted to another to managerial job. But if they were able to get him, then that would be a, a fantastic. Um, uh, Man to take Brighton forward, in my opinion, because I think he's done a brilliant job at Red Bull this season. The uh, so where did um Ralph Hasenhüttl come from? He was the manager of uh, Dortmund. Two, no, 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 Hasenhüttl. He was he was the manager of um Red Bull. He was the Leipzig oh, was a manager. Few years ago, yeah. He was a Leipzig manager. Right, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know if you know the story. Like they came up and Hasenhüttl, uh, ha- they were on top of the league for most of the of the season. And I think like they, c- they had like a late kind of. Job like made job in finished ended up finished second, but um, he played like a really great like uh, I mean that's like more like a four two 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 like great pressing football, and um, uh, and then eventually like next season didn't really work out, but um and eventually got sacked, but he like had amazing took job. him to the Champions League didn't he? Yeah, and then you got Schmidt that was the manager of Leverkusen again played great football. I'm not sure where he is now. But there there are some fantastic options about, to be honest. Who's the manager
2: of... um, We talked about earlier, it'd be a great move for someone the likes of, if if he wanted to, Steven Gerrard, if he could get away from Rangers and come to Brighton, that'd be a great move.
0: Ballsy move. Very very ballsy move. If you want to
2: make a career, you you can't stay for the safe option. I think Rangers is a bit safe.
1: Yeah, I mean, realistically, they're going to... Is 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 a safe job in it? Because realistically he's gonna finish second. He's finished second this year. Realistically he'll finish second next year. If he gets first, then he'll get amazing uh plaudits, but like the the
0: realistic fact is he's not gonna finish below second, so he's not no, going no. to really ever, you know, have and, the raft. And then of course comes in if you finish first, finish on a high or then go back and finish yeah. second. It was like oh, here we go again. Um finishing up here, anything else you wanna add? Do you see any a manager coming, or is it kind of a general agreement with you both that you'd like to see a German manager come in? Cause I'm a bit, I'm not against that, but I said last night, it's that kind of that there are good EFL managers. Mm.
2: I just want to see a positive manager come in. I don't want to see another manager. I it pained me to see, uh, as much as I love like an Allardyce or someone like that, it pains me to see another defensive manager in the Premier League.
0: Brighton appoint Mark Hughes oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't please don't vomit oh, sick. <laughs> no me and my me
2: and my friend pete were talking about this over text like we were talking about he, he listens to podcasts and he said after listening to oh yeah but the, the one the my rant. Rant, called mark Hughes a c- oh we'll he, he, was like, again. <laughs> he was like <laughs> it's written for him to take over the brighton post oh, after you I... got sacked oh my god he manages to get another job in the Premier League it'd just be the worst it's a
0: shame Gary Monk kind of faded out a bit didn't he he's, yeah. he's at Birmingham isn't he is he left there yeah I think so he's, he's the kind of guy that I, I hope to have done, he done more
1: good. He, he looked good his first season at Swansea didn't he mm. yeah
0: it did look like they were on an upward turn it just kind of went south really really quickly tried to um, like reinvent himself or like rejuvenise himself at um Leeds, didn't he? That that really didn't work out. Worked out
2: quite well for the first half of the season. Yeah, he fell
0: apart. Uh, He he is still currently manager at Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah, he's still currently manager. But they had a strong
2: finish to the end of the season. Mm. What about. um,
0: Pluck uh, a name out there. Go on. Anyone.
2: The Derby. The one that went from Derby to Stoke. Rowett. 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 Gary Rowett. Bit of a step up, but he looked like a positive manager when he was at Derby.
1: So um Parkinson is it Parkinson's? done a fantastic job at Villa. If Villa don't
0: come up, he might be in with the mix. Yeah. If Steve Bruce was out of the job, which he's not, are we talking this kind of manager? Is that what realistically Brighton are looking at? I've, I've a Steve Bruce, I've, a Mark crap. Hughes. Uh, That's I've, such a... Go to move Tony I think, Pulis. I
2: think think yeah. outside the box. I think, but they're, realistically, they're, I think that's what you want. Realistically, that's what, I think that's they're too ambitious to go for that manager with the players they've brought in, the money they spent. If you want to match the money you've spent and bring in a manager, go and bring an up and coming manager. Don't go to the the same old, same old, stale Mark Hughes, Steve Bruce. Like these, these they've, they've proved they're okay managers, but they're nothing more. Don't go and spend all this money on these, these, these Europa League level players are bring in a Tony Pulis. Please, please <laughs> don't do that.
0: You're so passionate about a club that's not even yours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm passionate about football. I know, like, just, I know. Just like any
2: of us. We, we want to see good football. We want to see exciting football. We don't want to see fucking Brighton putting 11 men behind the ball again. It, oh. it, it, w- it would
1: feel like if they were to hire like a Steve Bruce, it would almost feel like, what's the point of even sacking Houghton if you're going to have Steve
2: Bruce? Yeah, Hughton's 100% better than all those managers we just mentioned. Where
0: are you gonna? Where's he going to end up? Championship. He'll fall back on his feet.
2: He might even get another Premier League move. Will
0: yeah. Neil, Warn- Neil Warnock to to potentially leave Cardiff, retire from Cardiff, retire from football, take over from there? You see that he happening? Could
1: do. Well, that would make sense to be honest. It'd be yeah. almost I think, poetic. I think probably. Oh,
2: I think he yeah. could aim a little bit higher than that. Yeah. I, I think, think he could he could take a
1: higher tier championship job, or he could maybe wait for like around Christmas time when
2: clubs are in trouble
1: and they sack a manager and they okay. kind of bring him into stage. Just kind of enjoy the sun. Maybe
2: if Sean Dyche <laughs> moves away from Burnley, that'd be a good. Position for Chris Hutton. Really? Yeah. Where would Sean Dash go though? Sean Dash might have go to Brighton. Oh maybe <laughs> <laughs> he could do is, to be fair, he's got more money. would make any sense though, it? Yeah, I mean, more money. It would it would really? it would be an upwards
1: move, but it wouldn't be like much of an upwards It'd move. It'd be a no. sideway and upwards. <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Like he could probably aim for higher than Brighton right now with the job he's doing at Burnley. He's doing a right job, isn't he?
0: Wanna sign off anyone? If you go on then You can can (laughs) I'm
2: I'm thinking Frank DeBoer Yeah No Oh (laughs) (laughs) That really shocked me
0: (laughs) Oh no Not him